Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. It's your host, Amir, with my co-host Jordan. To recap, the Broncos loss against the Kansas City Chiefs today, the 15th loss in a row to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously a very frustrating loss. Last to go over today, all of our reasons for why the Broncos unfortunately dropped this one today, you know, all of our biggest takeaways and everything. Um, but with that, you know, with uh, before we jump into all that, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy new year to everybody that's watching the podcast. Appreciate everybody that, you know, takes out their, you know, time out of their day and their night and whenever it is, if you're going to school, work, or whenever you take out, you know, just a half hour of your time to listen to this podcast, I really appreciate it so much. And everybody that sticks to the very end and, you know, hear all of our, you know, commentary and thoughts on the Broncos and all the guests that we have on and plenty more to come. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, but with that being said, Jordan, how's it going? We're in uh, 2023 now. Um, you know, uh, br- you know, brand new podcast. Uh, hopefully, you know, brand new, you know, uh, you know, future. Hopefully, lots of success to come. But you know, how are how are you doing today? Obviously, the Broncos lost, but how how are you? I'm doing good. Um, having a good day so far. I mean, obviously, the Broncos lost, but I pretty much yeah. expected and was prepared for it. But other than that, you know, had a good day, and I'm expecting a good year. Yeah, man. Uh, really, you know, obviously January 1st, uh, Broncos facing the uh, Chiefs today in Arrowhead. Um, Broncos lost this one 27 to 24. Obviously a lot closer than a lot of people expected. I didn't honestly expect this to be a double digit um, game. I expected 31 to 21. I ended up being 27 to 24. Uh, Russell Wilson did not play bad today. He really, he really didn't play bad today. He had one pick, but um you know, it was a big improvement for what we saw last week. Um, running game was very – it was kind of mediocre today. Didn't really establish anything. But to be fair, we were playing behind just a little uh, – you know, more in the second half. Um, but what, what did you take away from this game? Obviously, a lots, of, lots of drama and frustrations over this loss. But what, what, what did you think about this one? I thought it was good. Um, I, I kind of talked about it um, when uh, we previewed the game that if you look over the course of Patrick Mahomes' career versus us, I mean, he hasn't lost, but a lot of the games have been closer than what people think. You know what I'm saying? Um, and today was just another example of that. I mean, Justin Simmons got an interception. Um, we had the lead at times throughout this game. I thought overall it was a pretty good game. I mean, it showed, you know, what to look forward to in the future a little bit. You know, when the Broncos are aggressive, you score points, and when, when Russell Wilson can still make plays with his feet. Um, overall, I liked it today. Um, I thought the defense could have played a little bit better, but I mean, when you got a, you got a whole bunch of guys out, it's not that much you can, you know. DJ Jones was out, and uh, Brand yeah. Baron Browning, you know, Lamar Jackson was in there at corner, and he just I didn't like him at all. But um, other than that, I mean, Mahomes was just spectacular. He made you know he got him in position to score almost every drive. I yeah. mean, but other than that, it was that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, it's always going to be nearly a rough day for you. Um, You know, Justin Simmons got a pick off of Mahomes uh, early in the game. That was really cool to see. Six interceptions for Simmons this year, the most in a single season um, for Justin Simmons in his career. Put some respect on his name. This dude missed like like five-ish games this year, four or five, maybe six games this year, and still put up six interceptions this year. That is one hell of a season from someone who hasn't been – yeah, best safety in the league. You know, we had a little talk about it between him and Minka uh, a few weeks ago. Um, it's still really close. Um, but you know, we're not. I'm not going to sit here and be opposed to that argument. You know, Justin Simmons playing at an incredible level. Um, it 
that's that's one guy who uh, George Payne extended, and we are very you know very comfortable with that contract that we gave him because he's playing up to it and even more. Like if when when this guy's not on the field, you could tell that he's not miss. He tell that he's missing because he's just a ball hawk god. He's like one of the best ball hawk you know DBs in the league by far. Oh uh, yeah, I, I will say though, you know, uh, watching the game, Russ did complete uh passes to seven different receivers. I think. I mean, a lot of them. You know, a lot of the big plays came to the running backs. We saw Albert O today finally be what we thought he was going to be all year long. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I really think we win this game if we had a decent enough offensive line, just something decent. Because I mean, on the pick, I I think mainly the pick was you know kind of the offensive line. Dunlap got in his face a little bit, um, and then obviously like some of the plays down the stretch, Russ was getting sacked, didn't have a lot of time. I mean. Chiefs realize their offensive line is weak, so let's just blitz them on every big third down, on every big play of the game. So, I mean, other than that, I, I thought Russ played pretty good. I mean, three touchdowns. I mean, he did pretty good to me. Yeah, it's um, Greg Dulcich got placed on IR the day before the game yesterday, um, and his season's over, as well as Granny Gregory, his knee injury. He is out for the season as well. He won't play next week against the Chargers. Um, but, yeah, Dulcich out for this game. Um you know, I, I thought this quote was really interesting. So Albert O played today. He's mainly the starter today. Um, Eric Saubert, we saw get a little bit involved today. Um, but I saw this quote, uh, Jerry Rosberg in his postgame press conference. Uh, he was talking about Albert O. He says, I've been in Albert O's ear because I think he's a highly talented individual and I haven't seen him much on the field this year. And I was just curious as to why that was because he's a good looking athlete. You may have seen me over there in the tight end drills early in the week. It was for a reason. So I was happy that he turned it about and whatever jitters he might have had, it seemed to me that it might have settled down because he's a big, talented guy and he needs to play. He needs to play well. I thought that was really interesting. This is a guy that supposedly Hackett brought in. Um, we, we know it was George Payne, but Hackett apparently brought this guy in to help him. And now Jerry Rosberg is really throwing shade at him right now. He's like, why the hell did you guys not have Albert O playing this whole year? And he has a he has a little bit of a point there. I mean, Albert O wasn't the best schematic fit in what we're doing, you know, on, with our offense. And Greg Dulcich is simply a better tight end. But um, they demote him all the way to fourth string tight end. They had him as a healthy scratch multiple weeks. There's no excuse for that. I I, I know he wasn't living up to expectations in training camp and preseason, but come on now. I mean, you see him today. He had the best game by any of our receivers today. Three catches, 45 yards, touchdown. This is the best game any of our players had, uh, you know, statistically. So um, that just shows enough in itself. I thought that was really interesting. Rosberg did not hold back in that statement. Yeah, he didn't. And um, I will say I didn't really agree with demoting him all the way down to four string and healthy scratches. But, I mean, I feel like there was a reason he was demoted. I mean, when yeah. you can't really block and you, you're dropping the majority of the passes thrown to you, which he was in the beginning of the season. seems like every pass we throw and to even him, today. that was – yeah, just dropping. I mean, it's hard to play somebody when you can't block and you can't catch as a tight end. I mean, you could be the fastest guy, the most athletic guy, but those two things are the most important. So I wasn't surprised by them, you know, not really playing him, but I just demoted them to fourth string behind Eric Tomlinson. And it that that's just kind of crazy. I mean, especially on like receiving plays, it seems like we either bring in Montreal or it's either Dulcich that's the fourth receiver in the game and Albert O's just not even playing or just on the bench. So. I mean, he, he did good today, I guess. I mean, he was our best receiver today, but he's got to fix those drops, and that's just the main thing. Mm-hmm. Can't have you in the game if you're just dropping every pass thrown to you. Yeah, I mean, blocking as well. Blocking was kind of a big factor in why they didn't play him as much. But it's like, it's kind of, 
it kind of defeats the whole purpose of what Hackett was doing. He's kind of the guy who, you know, gives his players more chances. He gives them more chances. Melvin Gordon, uh, Matra Washington. And we saw the complete opposite of that today. Rosberg immediately, uh, Montreal Washington was inactive today. They gave Kendall Hinton the majority of returns. Hinton looked by far much better than uh, Montreal has looked all season. So, um, but yeah, it's just like, why are we giving Melvin multiple chances? But then Albert O, you weren't even giving him chances to come back and play in any games to improve his in-game blocking and his, you know, in-game, you know, catching the ball. I mean, how did Jerry Judy stop his drops? He simply just had to get over it with experience throughout the games. I mean, it's just like a two-way thing there. I love Rosberg, man. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Like special teams are so much better today, so much. Love to see that. If we could, if the if the next head coach wants to bring back Rosberg as a special teams coordinator, hey, I'm all here for it. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I mean, the, what about what a hell of a coach? I'm really excited. I'm really happy from what I've seen from this just this whole week of practice and today. He showed some heart. Yeah, he did. Um, I would say regarding special teams, nah, I I do like the Montreal Washington and um Kendall Hinton switch. I think I think Montreal just, you know, he kind of had the expectation he was just gonna be this crazy kick returner and just magically fix the special teams. But in reality, we need a new punter and a new kicker. So yeah, I think Rosberg coming back, you know, hopefully he could, you know, help fix that. But yeah, I mean, I do like Rosberg. He's a motivator. You know, guys, guys show fight today. You can tell, like, you know, they asked him um about the offensive lineman not picking up the quarterback, and he said, ask me that question again after the game. And, I love you know, that. Yeah, so, I mean, I like it. You know, I, 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 he kind of he wants – he sees a, he sees that the culture needs to be changed. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I like him. Yeah, culture seems like it was completely torn down by Hackett this year. Um, he was a great guy, but – so the discipline was definitely, you know, by far not where it should have been as a NFL professional team. Um, yeah, really, really happy to see what, you know, Rosberg did with the team this week, even though, you know, the Broncos had like have 21 players on IR. The refs screwed us today, which we're going to talk about in a second. And then, you know, the Chiefs had like no players that were inactive today, I'm pretty sure. So you they they barely beat us by three points with all that being you know all that being taken into consideration our offensive line being down to like third stringers quinn bailey had to jump in today because don reisner left the game was ruled out with the elbow injury so the fact that they could barely beat us by three points you guys shouldn't be too excited about that if anything if i'm a chiefs fan and i'm going into the playoffs just barely beating a 4 and 11 practice squad i would not be too excited so chiefs fans um don't get too cocky about this one that's all i'm gonna say um but yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the, the officiating today now that we got all that other stuff out of the way. So officiating, holy hell, what the hell was that? What the hell was that throw? Or not the throw. The throw was amazing, by the way. Um, double coverage, Cortland Sun, everybody else is guarded. Russell Wilson just takes a shot downfield around the 50-ish yard line. Bomb. And they call offensive pass interference on Cortland Sun. I don't know what the hell we're doing there, man. How was that offensive pass interference? So most people are like, yeah, he clearly pushed off the the DB. Okay, no, he no, he didn't. The DB was actually grabbing at Corlin Sutton's arm while he's trying to adjust to make the catch in air, and Sutton pushes his hand off of his arm so that he's able to make that catch. If anything, you can make a case for DPI, not OPI. I think that was one of the worst calls, probably the worst call this entire season. That's just 
this officiating is getting beyond me. I know we're a four and eleven team, but that shifted all the momentum in this game. It was hard as a Broncos fan to see that. I knew as soon as they they gave that to the Chiefs, it's like this game is you know the NFL is just a momentum game. You know, you see it with the Colts and uh, Vikings. The Vikings, what they got momentum, they they were never stopping. There were no nothing was going to stop them from winning that game. And then today, that horrible call in favor um, of the Chiefs, you know gave them all the momentum and they ended up going up 27 to 17. It was like, we were never going to really beat beat them after that felt like. No, I have to agree with you. I, I, I believe that. I believe that call was fixed. It's it's no way it wasn't. I mean, wow. you see, no, you see casually NFL. I mean, they call pass interference for anything on the defense and you just see Corlin sudden him and other guy kind of fighting for position. And it's he catches his double coverage. He catches the ball, and all of a sudden, his office of passing interference. They haven't called anything like that almost all year. So no, I, no, nah. That that call there. I mean, it just kind of. Re- I feel bad for Corlin. I mean, he's it's been a rough season for him. I mean, honestly, the injuries and you know, obviously, we're not winning. And then to have that, you finally make a huge play down the stretch mm-hmm. to you know, again, once again, beat the Chiefs, and then they call that office of passing interference. I mean, it it's just ridiculous. I, when I saw it, yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that's fixed. Because it is no way. It, it that was no way an office pass interference. And don't be surprised they're gonna come out and say, you know, well, you know, the officials made a mistake, you know, that call should have been reversed. Yeah, duh. We all know that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, talking about Corlin's son, a rough season. I mean, he the one, you know, big part of his game, um, you know, being a 50-50 ball type guy, he makes that type of catch in double coverage against the Chiefs to potentially extend the lead for the Broncos. And then that happens. Man, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine, bro. Like, that's the one thing that makes his game, you know, Pro Bowl-esque. I mean, and he gets it taken away from him because the refs are potentially being paid off. Is yeah, I mean, utter, utter bullshit. I mean, you never see them call that in that type of situation. Usually they call off as a pass interference when he, like, when it's a clear push-off. Like, if you're running, like, a slant and he just kind of pushes the corner, that's when you usually see that call ball on a 50-50 jump ball. He is double coverage. He's fighting for position, and they call an offensive pass interference. You never see that call. Never, never. Yeah, one. Yeah, one of the worst calls I've ever seen. That was awful. And the Chiefs, Chiefs ultimately win because of it. I mean, you can make you can sit here and be like, "Oh, the Broncos should have closed it at the end, anyways." And I mean, they should have. You know, I won't argue against that, but. You can't sit here and tell me that that wasn't a huge momentum shift for the Chiefs to just barely beat us. I mean that that, that just sucks, man. I mean, and then obviously the Russ interception sucked after that. But I mean, if you really look at it, you know, over the past few years, besides when Drew Locke was a quarterback of the team, every game between them has been relatively close. You know, you can go back to even when Teddy yeah. Bridgewater was the team. I mean, our defense holds Mahomes to a certain, you know, like a lower standard. I mean, obviously he went off today. I mean, the stats are going to be there for, but for Mahomes. I mean, 27 points, I feel like that's enough for us to win it. You know, in the future, you got to win that type of game. You just got to. I mean, but obviously that call, that call didn't do us no good. It was just horrible. I couldn't believe they called it. Dude, I'm actually really happy that Russ's best games as a, as a Bronco are against the best team in the NFL, if anything. I'm actually I'm, – I'm really happy about that. You know, you and, and it's not just the Chiefs Chief going up against the Chiefs defense. It's about responding every drive after these, you know – incredible Patrick Mahomes touchdowns and drives that completely, you know, diminishes this, this defense, your defense that, you know, is something that is the identity of your team right now. And Russ was still able to compete with, you know, the best quarterback in the league today. I think that says a lot. And obviously the last game, you could really make the argument we should have won that one as well if Russ stayed healthy. So, 
yeah, this this is one just another frustrating loss. Like you, I like that you brought up. You know, over the over the years, it's just disappointment after disappointment, frustration, always against the Chiefs, man. It feels like every year they're getting bailed out for some BS. Last year, you got the Melvin Gordon fumble. Um, you got also got the Case Keenum overthrow to Demarius Thomas that really should have won the game. You also got the no call on the delay of game that there literally is a screenshot of it staying like a video of it staying at zero seconds on the play clock. They right? do that. I'm I'm telling you right now that delay of game. If you watch like majority of the NFL games, they do that a lot. They just I don't know what happened to delay of games, but they the ref be missing that a lot. Not even yeah. just in that situation a lot. Yeah, I don't know if it's like some. Okay, so a lot of a lot of games, you can make the argument that it's just like um, it's not synced between what's on the TV and what's actually on the the game clock on the stadium. But in the Broncos screenshot, if you look at it, you guys can look it up right now. The Chiefs and Broncos game, Case Keenan was playing. You can see it in the stadium. It says zero, and it's just ticking at zero, and they still let him snap. Bro, it's year after year. And then you also got um, the Trevor Simeon game where the the kick hits the the goalpost and barely oh, goes man. in. It's never ends for the Broncos, dude. It's like we won that game where Bradley Roby returned the fumble for a touchdown, and after that, it was like, sorry, that that's it for the Broncos. Probably gonna lose the next fifteen as well. I mean, I'm and I, I'm gonna say this. Um, two things. One, once we get a guy that can call the plays and everything can work out fine for us offensively, we're gonna beat the Chiefs. This drought is gonna end because in I mean, because today was an arrowhead. And we we played, you know, this is probably one of our best games of the season. It's just we're gonna beat the Chiefs mm-hmm. sooner. Uh, fifth, Sixteen times is crazy, but I'm telling you, we're gonna beat the Chiefs. Yeah. And um, the second thing I'm gonna say, I don't know what it is with Zero Evero. I mean, he's been great, but the only thing I have against Zero Evero is that he decides to run zone in goal line situations. I I I swear I don't get it. I don't get it. You see today, well, who's the tight end? Blake Bell. I, think I mean, so, yeah. I know I know Josie Jewel messed up, but why? Just you know, it's the Chiefs. Like, why are you running zone? Yeah. I just think I just think you got to run man. You have to run man. I, I I feel like if our defense ran man a lot more, we'd be way better on. Like, I'd probably still be within the top three statistical. Like, I I, I don't get running zone there. I don't because Mahomes just found him wide open. Just looked off, looked back, and he was wide open. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, we run more man uh, with Avera than we did Fangio, but yeah, we probably still isn't as much as you know most fans want. Um, I know Fangio was was big on you know coverage and holding up on the back end with his own coverage, and now Avera he shows a lot more blitzes and you know more you know press man coverage, but not as much as zone. So, I mean, everybody could have an opinion on that. Um, the zone coverage in the goal line, um, I haven't really paid too much attention to that, but I, I definitely could see where you're coming from on that for sure. Um, it's so frustrating. It's just like he's like I just he I under I mean because back then when uh, we had Wade Phillips, you know, anytime somebody got beat, you know who it was. Like okay, next time you got to do better, or we gonna put another guy in right there. Now it's just you letting guys pick or I'm a guard him, a guard him. You can't do that against Mahomes. He's gonna pick you apart. Yeah, any good quarterback will. Uh, Lamar Jackson today stepped in. Uh, Damari Mathis got hurt after uh, Travis Kelsey hurdled the shit out of him. Um, 
and then Dumb Lamar, Lamar Jackson has stepped in and didn't have the best game. He had a few, like two PBUs, um, one in the end zone, but he, he was getting toasted a little bit. He got lucked out a few times. I mean, Mahomes completely overthrew. Um, I believe it, I believe it was Juju or it was someone else or Marquez Valdez Gantley, whoever it was. They completely dusted Lamar Jackson and Mahomes overthrew him a few times. So he got lucky, but yeah, not the best game for him this year. I think if anything, this shows that the Broncos need to. Find out what they're going to do with Ronald Darby and then draft a corner in the mid-rounds because we, we need cause, depth there. Because him and Lamar Jackson are in the same bassy is I'm, I'm I'm so tired of watching the same bassy. I mean, he 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 was good his first year, but I mean, Jesus, how many he just he, every time in the game, he just get a penalty. Holding, yeah. pass interference, like something, man. Jesus. Yeah. Same bassy, definitely. He uh he was on the prank squad for a reason. Well, we know that, so huh. Uh, I would have loved to have Bryce Callahan back, but you know those days are completely over. Love Bryce Callahan so much. Bro, I loved Bryce Callahan. I hated that yeah. we let him just walk, and then he went to the Chargers. Yeah, I mean injuries were a big were a big concerns, but you know, he's been healthy all he's been healthy all this year. That's the craziest thing on the Chargers. Been yeah. healthy all Dude, year. It's crazy. Everybody that comes to the Broncos, they're immediately you know injury prone. As soon as they leave, it's like they've never suffered an injury in their career. So I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Other, other than that, in this game, Russ, he ran the ball really well today. I think it was really cool to see him use his legs. Obviously the Broncos have nothing to play for this year, but he still was putting it on the line. Also I completely forgot to talk about Justin Outen got handed the play calling duties by Rosberg today. Another thing that Rosberg, another adjustment made by Rosberg for this game. Um, and he honestly, I don't, I don't even think I could judge too much from what Outen's first, you know, pl- game play calling in the NFL. I mean, I didn't really have any issues with it at all today. There's maybe like a play or two, but pretty, pretty good game play calling from uh, Justin Outen. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, this is a guy that we've completely clowned all year, saying he's playing Clash of Clans on the sidelines. But pretty good game from him uh, in the booth today. No, nah, it was. I will say I think it was our best call game all year. I mean, I, I give mm. him that. I mean, I'm not saying he's he's the answer, but I'm saying, you know. Um, <laughs> Hashtag it was, bring back out. And... Nah, it was about <laughs> as good as it got. But, I mean, you know, we still need improvement there. But, I mean, no, nah, I'll give it to him. He, he called a pretty good game. He yeah. called a pretty good game. I give him that. O line, uh, he had another garbage, horrible performance. The whole O line, bes- besides minors, needs to be reconstructed. Um, I'm officially on the trade Garrett Bowles train. In case I haven't made that known yet, I'm officially on the Garrett Bowles trade uh, trade train. Um, I, I know he I, I, this is completely irrelevant because he hasn't played since he broke his leg. But I'm at the point where I, I'm only comfortable with minors at right guard moving into next offseason. Um, but yeah, we're, eventually we'll go over who we want to bring in at the own line. But that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, I'll say this: if Garrett Bowles doesn't want to restructure his contract, then then I will say trade him. But yeah, I, fair. I I wouldn't just um, you know sit you know I'll give him a chance. Um, but I will say if we approach him and he's like, Nah, man, I want my money, which he's probably going to do, especially because he broke his leg. Um, yeah. Then yeah, I, he he probably could get traded. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, right tackle Billy Turner got to go. He he he. He's got to go. Um, yeah, we'll just let him walk. Yeah, let him walk. Uh, I would say Dalton Reisner. Um, I'm still kind of up in the air about him. I think he's mainly good in the run. In the past, it's kind of up in the air, too. We definitely need a new center. Glasgow and Cushenberry, they're done. They're done. But, yeah, I mean, Miners, Miners to me is the only safe pick going into next season that we have on the line. 
Yeah. Miners at beast. I love miners. Um, skill players had a pretty good game today. Um, Jared Judy, seven catches, 38 yards, seven catches. I mean, when he was throwing the ball, he was catching it. So, um, they could have maybe schemed him up a little bit better, but Cortland Sun had a, a pretty good game. I believe he had four catches, 44 yards today. Really should have been around like, um, like 60 ish or 70 ish yards had they completed that big pass. Um, but it was taken away from the OPI. Um, Latavius Murray, he had uh, tw- 12 uh, rushes for 56 yards, if I'm uh, mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, um, uh, nearly averaging five yards a carry. Then obviously, Alberto, we talked about him. So, skill players, pretty good job today. Um, I mean, I don't know if they really could have did much more, but I mean, they did what was asked them today. So that was uh, encouraging to see uh, if we're taking any positives from this game. So, yeah, I would say skill players. One guy that I, I really liked today was Chase Edmonds. I mean, he oh, actually, yeah. No, he actually looked good. I mean, coming out the backfield, making some big plays. I like that. You know, I think moving forward, we got to get a more dynamic of a receiving back and a power back type of thing. You know, like Javante's coming back next year. I think we, we get another running back. It needs to be a type of, you know, Chase Edmonds, him coming back. I could see it. I mean, we just need a guy that can catch the ball out the backfield and make some plays. But uh, yeah. I would say Jerry Judy. He did okay today. I feel like they should have kind of targeted him a little bit, a little bit more downfield. Corlin should have mm-hmm. had more yards. Um, Alberto was a leading guy, but I mean it was pretty okay. Russ, Russ targeted a lot of tight ends. We saw Andrew Beck screen. I was pretty surprised about that, but I mean, yeah, it was skill players did okay today. I feel like Andrew Beck's better than people think he is. He is. I think he is. He's a really good, really, really good fullback. Um, if the, if he's used right. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of go back to the first game, he made some pretty good catches against Seattle, and then throughout yeah, the season, like they just yeah, it was like yeah. Russ's first completion was like thirty yards to Andrew Beck or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then like you just kind of don't see that throughout the season anymore. They they gave him a fullback, so fullback jet sweep, and then after that, it was just no oh more Andrew God. Beck. Yeah, uh, after that, it was just no more Andrew Beck, just nothing, just not nope. You're just gonna block. You're gonna catch pass here and there, but mainly just blocking. So. Yeah, yeah, I like what I I like what I saw from Edmonds as well. Edmonds as well. Um, not I'm not uh, familiar with what his stat line was today, but he um the, he uh, there's like two holding calls that negated pretty good rushes by him. I thought him running to the outside. He's pretty fast on the outside. I'm not like if you really expect linebackers to go coast to coast with him, you're probably you know you're probably not making the right bet there because he's really fast on the outside. I like what I see from uh, Chase Edmonds. And then obviously in the receiving game, he can make, make stuff happen. So it's going to be interesting. He has, uh, I believe, a $6 million cap hit next year. So I don't expect the Broncos to bring him back. But after today, maybe they try to bring him back on a um, you know contract restructure. But um, if I had if I had to guess and um, tell everybody, I would say that he's probably going to be cut this offseason just because the cap situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the running to the outside because, you know, Broncos haven't really done that since we let go of Phillip Lindsay. I mean, and that's kind of what makes our run game kind of predictable. I mean, every it's like the same formation. You're going to run the ball inside, 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 inside. And, yeah, Chase, I mean, look good today running to the outside. I think in the future, that's what the Broncos got to do more of. You're going to run the ball. You can't just run it up the middle every single time in between the guards. You got to you got to bring it outside the tackle. Yeah. And wasn't that wasn't that like a um I believe that was the issue with us last year as well. It's like we had Javante who can do that well and they just kind of weren't really relying on that too much either. And I don't know. Hopefully the next head coach kind of fixes that. Um speaking of head coaches, we're gonna talk about Sean Payton in a second, which is gonna be interesting. Um uh what was I gonna what was I gonna talk about? I completely forgot. Um 
But yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into the Sean Payton stuff. Uh, so apparently, um, Jay Glazer was hint. Jay, by the way, Jay Glazer he uh, is like one of the he, one of those reliable insiders in the NFL. I mean, anytime this guy reports on something, I know for a fact it's gonna it's probably gonna happen. And this guy he was kind of he's kind of like uh, joking that Sean Payton should like go to Denver. He wasn't saying it's gonna happen or Sean Payton has interest. He was kind of joking about it today. Um, I saw that a little bit on Twitter. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see if uh, Sean Payton ends up, you know. Um, deciding to come here. I know we've talked about it in the last uh, previous episodes that uh, the options for Sean Payton are kind of being limited now. And then obviously uh, the whole Jim Harbaugh situation, which by the way, yesterday, what a wild college fl- uh, playoff, you know, um, two games, insane. OSU completely choked that, uh, you know, kicker shanking the kick. But um, aside from that, uh, you know, I- I'm an OSU. I'm an OSU fan. Uh, but oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh man, like that, that was—I couldn't believe he—he he hooked it all the way left. Terrible, dude. Dude, Stroud did everything to get that team in the damn position to win, and that motherfucker said, "I'm not built for this moment." Like that shit is so annoying. Like it—it it, it wasn't one of those kicks where you like, is it gonna? Nah, I mean they knew as soon as he left his foot, it was left. I was like, wow, I could—I couldn't believe he missed it that bad. Fifty, it was from fifty-two, just hooked it. So mad, dude. So mad. Um, but yeah, Michigan, they lost to TCU yesterday. Um, TCU is headed to the Natty uh, to play Georgia, who d- does not deserve to be in the Natty. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh is now uh, available for any head coach interviews for the NFL. Um, so it's really up to him right now if he wants to uh, um, if he wants to, you know, take these offers and potentially leave Michigan, I'm sure he's going to take these interviews and not make a decision on his future with Michigan until he sees what maybe the contract numbers are going to look like, um, you know, whether or not if he can, if he's wanting to keep Russ here or not, or once he, what do what he'll be able to do with the roster um, as he, you know, talks to ownership and George Payton uh, and others. But that's going to be an interesting situation to watch. And then, obviously, like we were just talking about, Sean Payton, options are becoming more and more limited with uh, Brandon Staley you know, now taking the Chargers to the playoffs. So um, it's an interesting situation to you know, look at. I know uh, Albright, he said that uh, we should circle Dan Quinn and uh, Jim Harbaugh as the two candidates the Broncos are going to really take swings at. Yeah, um, I would say for Sean Payton, you know, I think his list before was the Cowboys, Chargers, and the Cardinals. Um, but I don't – if Sean Payton – it would be smart for him to go to Denver. I mean, you don't really got to worry about the defense. You only have to worry about the offense, um, I think, for Sean Payton. But I don't think – I don't think he's going to come back this year. I think that he's going to wait till next year. And I think that, he, you know, might if, if Dallas won't do anything, I think Dallas might let go of McCarthy. And then Sean Payton will be the favorite for that job easily. But, I mean, I, I don't really see him really doing anything this offseason. I'll be surprised if he goes anywhere outside of those three teams, um, the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Cardinals, because, you know, um, Brandon Staley's mm-hmm. safe, Mike McCarthy's safe for now. I mean, the only one up in the air is Cliff Kingsbury. I'll be surprised if he goes to Denver. Um, Harbaugh, I think it's becoming more and more likely he might. I mean, like I said, the defense is pretty much figured out. He's just going to come in. I mean, you saw what he did with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith in San Francisco. I would love if we got Harbaugh. He was my one of my top guys from the beginning, but then, you know, I, I didn't really think we were going to get him. But I would love Harbaugh. He would come in and change his culture, bring winning mentality, yeah. bring a whole bunch of guys that used to play for him into the league. I would I would love Harbaugh as our coach. I would just love it. 
Yeah, he's articulate. I mean, he he's a very detailed guy. He he gets the best out of his individual players. I think that's something that's very, um, you know, it's a big quality in a, a coach that you want. Not just a play caller, but you know, you're the head coach, leader of your football team. So I think J- Jim Harbaugh is probably you know top two best candidates this offseason out of any can- candidate. You know, you got Sean Payne and Jim Harbaugh. Those are your your top dogs right there. It's just going to come down to does he want to leave Michigan on un- you know with unfinished business. Um, I know uh, JJ McCarthy was a little upset um, with with you know how the Michigan season ended. Um, is he? Uh, is he? What, what is he? I'm I'm not too familiar with college football. Is he a sophomore, junior, senior? What it? What is he? I think he's a sophomore. I think he's. I think he's a sophomore. I'm not too sure, but um, I think he's transferring. I oh, think wow. he is. I yeah, I think he is. I don't know if I got the wrong guy. Uh, somebody correct me if I do, but I think he was. I think he entered the transfer portal like a few weeks back. Wow. I'm actually I'm I'm actually surprised. Um, so yeah, I don't know I don't know if uh you know Jim Harbaugh wants to run it back and try to you know make another run at this thing. It feels like uh it's a little bit easier to go to the um it's a little bit easier of a, a you know a route to get to the Natty than it has been in previous years just because Alabama's not dominating like they used to. It all comes down to specific you know key games, but you know, I'm not the biggest expert on college football. I honestly just watch individual prospects. That's kind of my thing. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Jim Harbaugh wants to run it back. That's going to be all, the ultimate decision maker, and if he chooses the Broncos or not. Um, if he does decide to come to the NFL, I really do think um, you know if he is going to the NFL, the Broncos are probably um, one of your biggest bits, to be honest. I mean, he could go to, uh, I, I don't know where really where else he would go to. I think Denver is a really good fit for him. If I'm being honest, defense is there. The veteran quarterbacks there. Um, I mean, and the draft picks are there, even though a lot of people think they, it isn't, but I mean, it's, it's, it's all here for him. So it's really going to be up to him. I think out of everybody who's probably going to fire their coach, I think we're, we're the best spot. I mean, I feel. I mean, if Jim Harbaugh comes back to the league, it's got to be Denver. I mean, who? Else? I mean, he can go to Arizona if Arizona lets go of Cliff Kingsbury. I think, but I think if, if Arizona, if Cliff, if Cliff Kingsbury does move on, it's going to be Denver and Arizona are going to be the two hot spots. It's going to be interesting to see, though. I will say, if we do hire Jim Harbaugh, the draft class we, we're going to have is going to be insane because I'm telling yeah. you right now, he knows, he knows college football. He knows. He knows who the studs are, and he knows who the guys are like. Nah, he was just in a good system. He won't transition good. He knows. Him and George Payton are going to have a field day if we hire him. Exactly. I was right about to say, like, the relationships and stuff. And George Payton already, just him alone, is an incredible scout and talent evaluator. Imagine him and um, Jim Harbaugh just cooking it up in, you know, draft rooms, film rooms. That's going to be it. That's draft would be so – it would be so fun to watch. Um, Obviously, you know, everybody loves Jim Harbaugh, so. Yeah, and I I will say just – I'm going to say it again. Please don't hire Dan Quinn. Please do not, unless you're getting an offensive mastermind to run the offense. Please don't hire Dan Quinn. I'm, please don't, because is Evro's going to be gone, or he's going to be demoted by someone, and he's going to end up leaving. You're and you're still going to have to worry about the offense. Hiring Dan Quinn makes no sense, and I think that's part of the reason why Greg Penner said I'm going to take over. I we hire Dan Quinn, I'm going to be shocked and I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, it I just, mean, Albright is still like pounding the table for Dan Quinn. He's I don't, still he's still saying Broncos fans really need to have the, his name circled again this offseason. I don't know why. I I, I mean, I, he's doing a great job in Dallas, but we don't need a Dan Quinn at all. I keep telling you, he had Kyle Shanahan. It's letting that's letting everybody fool him. He please don't hire Dan Quinn. Who was it? I was watching an episode of the Pat McAfee show like yesterday, the day before. I think it was Vaughn Miller, actually. Someone they were talking about how not always coordinators 
are always meant to be. Oh no, it was the uh, what was that? Travis Kelsey's um podcast, uh, the, the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was watching their podcast, and those are two NFL guys who you know have been connected to a lot of you know the Andy Reid coaching trees, and they both said that you know coordinators, a lot of coordinators are not always meant to be head coaches. And, you know, all, you know, guys with experience often become better head coaches. Um, and then also guys who become head coaches that aren't calling plays are known to be more successful. So if Dan Quinn wants to come here and immediately start, t- you know, doing things he, he wants to do on the defensive end, then it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. I know some people are kind of back and forth on, you know, uh, saying whether or not Dan Quinn wants to still be a play caller when he becomes a head coach again. But, you know, if he does, I don't see it panning out well again. I think it's honestly going to be another, like, um, Vic Fangio situation, Hackett situation. Uh, I don't think it's going to go too well, honestly. And then even if he's not calling plays, I'm not the biggest believer in Dan Quinn, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean – I don't think that's true. I'm going to say, I, I think Dan, when Dan Quinn, wherever he goes, he's going to want to call the defense. He doesn't care who, he's not going to really care who's there. I mean, he's going to, well, I'm calling the plays now. And that's not, I'm just going to say, our defense is going to probably get worse. I mean, you look at Dallas, their, their front, their, their defense line, Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Doris Armstrong, and everybody. They had Randy Gregory, Randy Gregory. That's why they were so successful. I mean, they're still a good defense now, but his main defense is about up front. Our defense is about secondary. That's why Everett, we're so good because we got Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and all these guys. It's going to be a mistake. It just I would leave Dan Quinn where he is. Just please leave him where he is in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I don't care where he goes. He just please don't come to Denver. If no. anything, go be the head coach of the Raiders. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting how Jason Kelsey specifically was saying, I love it when a head coach is not calling plays. You know, I'm sure he's referring to Nick Sirianni. He's like, I love it when a head coach isn't calling plays because they're more engaged in the moment. They know what to do more. You know, game situation clock management is a big one. When you're calling plays and having to focus on all that and you don't have a ton of experience doing it, you're more than likely going to experience a lot of setbacks. And it's probably not going to pan out well for you. Just like, you know, this guy who's just a head coach for the Broncos and Daniel Hackett. So yeah, I mean, and it gives you, t- you know, you look at Nick Sirianni from the time they won a Super Bowl and everything like that. The, the culture changed. I mean, you look at them now; they're a dog. You know, they got all these different type personalities. You know, you know they're gonna win. That's their culture. You know, we're gonna win. We're gonna dominate. You look at our culture over here; it's nothing like that. I mean, it's nothing like that, and that's because we don't have nobody that can focus on that and be a player's coach. And they just want to keep hiring these these masterminds these you know geniuses that's going to come in here and coordinators it's, it hasn't worked out for us so we need to hire an experienced head coach that's just going to focus on being the head coach yeah and i saw ian rapaport talk about earlier this morning before you know nfl kickoff he was saying the broncos are undoubtedly going to go after an experienced guy this time around this is what they want they're not going to try the coordinator route this time I thought that was really interesting. He brought that up. Um, that still stuff that does still leave Dan Quinn in, um, you know, the running for head coach because obviously he coached the Cardinals head coach, but um, you know they obviously don't want to go the coordinator route of like maybe Shane Steichen, and D'Amico Ryan. I feel like that rules them out. Um, but yeah, that was uh, reported on by uh, Ian Rapport, Tom Pelissero this morning. Um, just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Looking forward, uh, we only have one game left this season. This is crazy, man. I mean, a, a very long and dreadful season, but at the same time, it feels like just yesterday we were previewing the Seahawks game. So it, it, it went re- really, really fast. 
um i was looking at my uh, phone the other day i was looking at my gallery and i saw the um you know video of me recording the kickoff against the seahawks game in the seahawks game i was like man boy did i know what the hell was going to happen this season <laughs> from that from that time that ball got kicked off you know 15 minutes on the quarter it, it just feels like it's it's been a very frustrating dreadful you know emotional season um broncos now um, four and twelve, just looking to reach the finish line. They got the Chargers this upcoming week. Um, they're going to be able to finish their season at home in Denver. Hopefully, we get this win. But um, just really looking forward to this head coach search, uh, free agency in the draft. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, for for this game, I think I think we should beat the Chargers. I mean, hopefully, just end the season off good. But yeah, I mean, looking at towards the draft, you know, I was I've been checking out some prospects. I would love us to try to trade up and get Ferris Johnson. I think we need him i mean because i was looking at free agency it's not that many good tackles out there you know that we can get i mean it's some okay names that we can go and sign but i think you got to go to draft route there and i think you you can use whoever you want you know we got some picks now i say we use some of those get use a guy like k i know guys don't want to see kj hamler go but use a guy like kj try to trade up and get a paris johnson because we we need offensive linemen um we're looking at wide receivers one guy like you know is zay flowers Ooh, I oh yeah flowers. I would love Zay Flowers to come to Denver. I mean, Josh Downs, too, but I, I think Josh Downs is going to be gone. He's going to be gone pretty quickly. But, yeah, probably. I would love Zay Flowers. Yeah, Josh Downs probably one of those guys that's going to rise up the draft board, and, you know, coming up to April. Um, Josh Downs, uh, Zay Flowers, Dante Demas, Tank Dell. Um, those are, like, my favorite receivers in the draft. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Tank, Tank Dell, I, I would like him, but I don't think we really need a guy. I mean, he's just – He's too small. I will say, I mean, he's just, he's like, I thought he's like five, seven. I think he is. <laughs> I mean, probably. I mean, it's just, probably. I feel like, I feel like for our offense, we just need somebody that's just going to be quicker. I mean, and explosive. I mean, he's good, like as a slot wide receiver, but he's not that explosive, like down the field and everything like that. Zay Flowers got to be that guy. I was looking at, I think his name's Charlie Jones. I can't remember which college he plays for. Um, he's a, man, he, Hell of a story. You, you guys got to go look him up. He's a great returner. I think he'd be a very good option on the late round for the Broncos to pick up and replace Montreal. I think he's a really, what, really good uh, returner. What round did we draft Montreal Washington? Fifth. So okay. he did have a, he did. I know a lot of people say he's just a rookie, but when you're drafted in the fifth round to solely be a returner, you have some high expectations. So, um, yeah, you do. Um, but yeah. It was a disappointment. Also, I I wouldn't be surprised if we drafted a tight end to be a backup to Greg Dolchik too. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, one guy I do like I, I like Dalton Kincaid. I feel like we can get him kind of maybe the third round if he if he can slip there. I would love it because all the yeah, guys. Just, yeah, I'm looking at my uh, notes. Charlie Jones, Purdue receiver. He transferred from I believe it was Pitt. A very you know um, super reliable, always open, very good returner. He's just an overall complete receiver. He does all the little things right. Um, good route runner. So I like Charlie Jones a lot. Good option late rounds for a special teams pickup for the Broncos that they uh, can really use. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, obviously, lots of draft content coming up. You know, we're already spilling some of our uh, analysis and our favorite uh, picks right now, giving you guys a little sneak peek. Um, obviously, not the you know result that we want from the Broncos today. Very, very frustrating loss. Um, the the Kansas City refs beat us today. Um, to you know. <laughs> Obviously, just hor you know, I I'm not even mad at the team if I'm being honest. I'm just completely mad at the officiating that completely shifted the you know rhythm in this game, gave the Chiefs yet another um, 
you know, another, uh, uh, you know, second half win against the Broncos. Um, but if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe right now. That are all greatly appreciated. Uh, we just hit 200 subs before the new year. So everybody that subbed, I appreciate you guys so much. Everybody that's listening, uh, um, listening over on, uh, uh, anchor, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple podcast, appreciate you guys as well. You know, all the support, wherever you guys are listening to podcasts, anybody that just clicks play on this podcast, um, you know, appreciate you guys uh, so much, you know, I love, I love all the appreciation, all that, um, support as well. Um, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode make sure you guys have notifications on. So you never miss an episode of the Bronx Avenue podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star rating. If you're listening on Spotify, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode until the next one. Peace out. Peace.